Welcome to Pilgrim Lost. Come walk with us while we explore life in hopeful motion. On May 28th, 2018, it was a, it was an, it was a typical day on the community of Santiago. I was one day away from Santiago de Compostela. The city was on the horizon. I would arrive the next day and I was walking down sort of a normal road. It wasn't a, it wasn't a dirt trail. It wasn't walking on the freeway like you do sometimes when you're walking the Camino. It was just a typical road in Northern Spain. And up ahead of me, 200 feet ahead of me, there was me. He was walking. He was dressed all in turquoise from head to toe. And as I approached him, uh, on his backpack, there was a photo of a beautiful woman. And there was a single hiking boot strapped on the top of the backpack. And I was so intrigued by this human. I had passed thousands of pilgrims over my 28 days up to that point of walking. And I walked up on this man and um, we walked side by side. And at some point, one of us broke the ice and said hello. And that man is my guest today. This is Victor. Vic Moldonado, who I met five years ago on the Camino. And uh, there we are. Uh, that day, that afternoon on that, on that un, uh, uninteresting road. And yet it led to one of my favorite days of my entire time in the community of Santiago. Vic, thank you for taking some time to come and just sort of relive that day a little bit with me and also just share with uh, the Pilgrim Lost community. Thank you for inviting me. I, I greatly appreciate it. It's so great. And um, just so people know, uh, Victor is a retired ATF agent, right? Yep. And and uh, Secret Service? I, I did some time with the Secret Service and then transferred to ATF and eventually retired with ATF. Yeah. And he's 30, uh, 30 years in the law enforcement, federal law enforcement. He's a college baseball umpire. Right. He's an avid outdoorsman, kayaker. By the way, how's the herniated disc? Uh, I'm fine. No problem. Good. I had surgery and I'm doing well and I'm back on the trail. All right. right. Fantastic. He is um, father to Christine and Matthew, and he is husband to Elsa, who was the beautiful woman's picture that I saw on his backpack that day as I was walking. Um, Victor, do um, I want to I want to start back in uh, 2015, your first Camino. But is there anything you want to say before we kind of go to that part of your story? Well, the first Camino actually was to begin in April, uh, actually May 2013. Right. When my wife, uh, my wife and I, again, uh, avid backpackers, uh, she had 14, 50, 50 mile backpacking trips with me. She had uh, um, canoe trips, rafting trips with me. We, we just enjoyed the outdoors. Right. And she got a hold of me one day and she said, I saw this movie with my sister and it's called the way the way we love the way. Right. And she says, I want you to see it. So I saw it and um, immediately I said, we're doing it. And um, 
this was in January. So I made all the plans, uh, you know, got some new equipment, uh, lighter equipment for us. And uh, we were to leave um, in May of 2013. However, uh, two weeks before we were to leave, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Yeah. Stage three. Yeah. So she went through two major surgeries, three rounds of chemotherapy, and she went into remission. And the doctor said, I know you wanted to do this trip. And if you have plans of doing it, you better do it now. So three months after her third round of chemotherapy, uh, she carried her backpack the entire 492 miles for 33 days. And, um, you know, when we were going to do it in 2013, you know, my, my wife was very, very involved in the church. I was as well, but not as, as much or intense as she was. Right. And my idea of doing the Camino was for the adventure. Right. which I would say probably, and I don't know if you experienced this as well, but I would say probably 90% of the people are there for the adventure. Seems and like what I believe is not what the Camino was meant for. But uh, when she was diagnosed and we decided to do this, she said to me, as we walk this Camino, I do not want you to pray for a miracle. I don't want you to pray for a healing as we enter into all these chapels or uh, cathedrals or churches. Uh, I want you to pray that God gives me the grace to accept his will. And that's what we pray for. As you're walking the 35 days or whatever it took you yeah. to walk together. Um, her prayer was that she would accept whatever happened as she's walking with cancer at that point. Correct. Stage yeah. three. Stage three. Ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer. I um I found this quote of hers before you went, and I'm just going to read it. I hope that's all right. Sure. It's, she said, I had a middle of the night one-on-one -on -one with God, she said. I just said, whatever happens, I accept. Just give me one Camino. Pausing, reflecting, she finished. I'm not sure why I'm so passionate about doing this. What is my purpose? Maybe I'll find it when I'm there. Did she? She did. She was more at peace, I believe. She she loved the scenery. She loved the the pilgrim masses. She loved. Uh, we visited. Uh, I don't know if you did as well. The uh, albergue was a Santa Maria where the uh, uh, nuns of the St. Augustine order uh, uh, hosted. Yeah. They uh, would have us uh, meet as pilgrims. Uh, we told our story as to why we were on the pilg pilgrim and pilgrimage, and she shared hers. And then we had uh, you know, guitar playing and singing and fellowship. And then followed by a mass. And um, she, I, I have a picture of her with with these nuns. I have a picture of her being blessed at that uh, 
at that mass by a particular nun. And, and Tony, when I went back on my own, I went back to that uh, hostel and I shared my story and I took those pictures with me. Mm. And it just so happened, I was told, I asked for that particular nun in the photograph and they said, well, we uh, rotate out every three months. I don't know if she's here. They checked and she was there and I got to meet her in person. I shared the pictures, gave her the pictures. Uh, she then in turn um, blessed me uh, just as she did my wife in mass. And then she took this cross, which um, she says is only worn by the sisters of the St. Augustine order when they are in the Camino. Hmm. And she took it off of her and gave it to me, put it on me. And I've had it on ever since. It's a, it's a lovely wooden cross on like a leather um, strap and it has a heart carved out of the middle of it. Correct. Yeah. Um, you, you also had had surgery a little bit before that 2015 Camino. Uh, how, how did the two of you do? I mean, her suffering um, through or maybe not suffering, but how did you guys, how much pain was there? How much suffering was there along the way? Well, actually, the way this went down is, uh, as you said, I, I I umpired college baseball and I was on the baseball field and I was hurting in, in my right side, lower abdomen, and um, ended up going to the doctor and they told me that I had a hernia, uh, inguinal hernia. In fact, I had a, a bilateral inguinal hernia. And I came back and I told Elsa that we could still make this trip. I I would gut it up and we we would do this. And we kind of discussed it and argued over it for the next couple of days. And that's when she said, she says, look, <clears throat> I really don't want to have to take care of you if something happens on that Camino <laughs> and we're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we're not going to be in too many major cities and I don't want to find medical help for you. And then she said, besides, I'm having this little um, discomfort in my abdomen as well that I think I need to get checked out. Mm. They did uh, CT scans and nothing showed up. But when they did what is called a CA125, which is a blood tumor marker for ovarian cancer, it was elevated. And that's what uh, caused us to look into it even further. And then eventually a hysterectomy revealed the stage three cancer. Hmm. And so I went in for surgery two weeks before she did. <coughs> uh, so both of us were kind of laid up for a while. I'm, I'm amazed that you guys went for it. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, there's so many people, I mean, because of Pilgrim Lost and my story, I get, I get in conversations every week with people, with strangers about pilgriming, well, the Camino, Pacific Crest Trail, these, these dreams people have to go on these quests. And inevitably at the end of the conversation, they're like, well, it's just not the right time. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, it would be too difficult right now. It, uh, I'm waiting for the right time. And, um, on some level, it's never the right time. And I mean, it's never perfect. You're never perfectly healthy. You're never perfectly set up. Um, any, any thoughts on those who are, 
who are putting off that kind of dream? Well, as anything, everything, you know, we are not promised tomorrow. And I would say that if, if you have that desire and it's burning in you, that you need to make the sacrifice now and do it. And I'll give you an example. <clears throat> Being in law enforcement, I'm always aware of my surroundings. Um, I guess you might say I'm always on guard. Elsa was such a devout Catholic that she wanted to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Hmm. And I would always say no because it was too dangerous. Hmm. And she passed never uh, visiting the Holy Land. And in October 2018, after speaking with Father Beto Lopez, who was planning the pilgrimage, and I explained to him uh, my, my concerns in that I denied her that opportunity. Uh, he, you know, insisted and, and talked me into going with him. And I, 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 he said, you know, you need to attend and go with me and she will be with you. And so I, I'm going to make a comparison in that, you know, she wanted to go to the Holy Land. And I, I denied her that because of my fears of the violence. Uh, so what I'm saying is if you have that desire, whether it's the pilgrim, pilgrim, uh, the Camino, the, uh, the Holy Land or whatever, we are not promised tomorrow. If if it is in you, in your heart and in your soul, and, and that desire is there, you need to pray about it. And uh, we're only here for a short time. And we need to take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, I beat myself up over and over that. I denied her that. Uh, but, you know, she's in the holiest of lands now. In you walked the Camino in 2015 with her, May and June. Right. How long after that did she go to heaven? That was uh, <clears throat> May and June. She passed in November, no, November 15th of 2017. So she was she had another two and a half years. And then the spring following you decided to go again alone, not, not alone with her. You decided to go with her after she passed. So what happened is I wanted to honor her. Yes. In, in every, every way I, I could. Uh, first of all, I explained to you earlier that I never did Facebook, but after she passed on the 15th of every month for the first year, I posted something about her, something about our relationship uh, and pictures of her because she was such a beautiful woman. But also, she loved God so much. Uh, I the other the other day I was talking to our congregation because I, I had built the Stations of the Cross in her memory, and as I was talking to the congregation, I said, "Elsa's number uh, number one in Elsa's life was God. Number two in Elsa's life was Queen of Peace. And depending on the time of the year, number three was either." Dancing with the stars or me. <laughs> so, uh, she she was just so, so devoted. So I wanted to share that devotion with people. 
so I, uh, I, I, I devoted something to her on Facebook on the 15th of each month for that first year. And then, uh, I, in at her grave, I went and I dug for the two graves on either side of her. I dug up all the grass and I put down my own grass because if you come to my house, my house looks like a golf course. And so I put down new sod. I, you know, I tend to it once a week, uh, you know, fertilize it. And so I did that. And then I decided to do the Camino. And I wanted to do it in her memory. My brother asked me if he could go. And I told him that I wanted to do it on my own. I wanted to be there by myself and uh, just reflect and, and about our relationship. And because she passed of ovarian cancer, ovarian cancer color is uh, teal. Teal. And so what I did is I went out and took from my shoelaces to my shirt, my undershirt, my baseball cap, uh, my rain gear was all teal. And that was just to honor her and honor all those who have suffered from ovarian cancer, who have, who have survived it, and for the family members who are affected by it. So I wore teal. Um, I took her hiking boot, which I still have right here. And I strapped it to the back of my backpack with her picture of her. I took 50 pictures of her from throughout her life. Um, and I had my daughter help me with this because I'm not real tech savvy, but she had her name put on there, the date she passed in El Paso, Texas. I laminated them and then I posted them on whatever memorials I came across on the Camino. Um, I wired them to the memorials. I uh, sprinkled them with holy water and I kneel, knelt and I said, uh, our father and a Hail Mary. And it got to the point where people knew who I was. You're the man with the boot. We, uh, we've heard your story. Right. And people would respect me and would not pass me until I finished my prayers. And some of them knelt and prayed with me. Wow. Um, so I wanted to spread the word about her. And I thought, where, what better place than where you have people from all over the world? I've said this often that she was a, a fantastic daughter and, and sister, and her family knew that. Her children knew that she was a great mother, and I knew that she was a beautiful and, and devoted and faithful wife. Uh, Queen of Peace family <clears throat> knew how devoted she was, but I wanted the world to know. And what better place than the Camino where everybody from all over the world gathered. What sort of, what sort of moments, what sort of tender human moments did you experience with other people? Cause you, I mean, you were impossible to ignore and you were also carrying, I would argue a greater sort of spiritual presence. Um, so people were drawn to you. I mean, can, can you share about any sort of like, well, I think, I think what it was is the boot, you know, they saw the boot. Right. 
and people would approach me, why are you carrying that boot? And, you know, I would explain to them and I would share her story. Uh, there was one particular lady and she was from Australia and we were in a hostel and there were uh, four of us in this room. Um, one man, I believe, was from uh, Switzerland. She was from Australia. And the other gentleman was also from Australia. And I was the last one to, to show up at the room. And of course, they saw the boot and they asked me what, uh, what this significance was. And I shared it with them. And I told them that I was walking again for all ovarian cancer uh, patients, survivors, those who have passed, their family members. And right. she said to me, then you are walking for me. She says, I'm a ovarian cancer survivor. Wow. And she hugged me and she was in tears and thanked me. Well, I would wake up every morning at four o'clock because I was on the trail by five. And I was on the trail by myself. I would not see another pilgrim until 730. Mm -hmm. I put on my headlamp and pull out my rosary. And for the hour, hour and a half, I was by myself. I got to see, you know, the stars, the moon in the dark, um, walk through the woods, walk through the villages, through the back alleys, and uh, was able just to contemplate and be by myself. And at four o'clock in the morning, as I was getting ready, this woman, she got up and she stayed with me until I was finished. And then she gave me a hug, wished me well, and thanked me again for walking for her. Hmm. So that was one of the uh, memories, one of the significant, Perfect. more significant memories that I had of the Camino. Perfect. Uh, the other one was uh, there was a, and I don't know if you passed it, but there was a hostel and it was called El Paso. And I chose to stay in it since I'm from El Paso, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, um, the lady who ran it again, saw my boot. We got talked, talked about it, the conversation. And she said to me at that point, she says, you know, you are one of the few people that are walking the pilgrim, the, the, uh, Camino for what it was intended for. Hmm. And she said, you are not going to stay in that hostel. You're going to stay in the main house with my husband and I tonight. Wow. And she fed me a, a, a special meal. It was uh, uh, an octopus soup. It was an oh, part of the region. Yeah. And then she gave me homemade cherry wine and homemade cherry um, like whiskey. And uh, they, wow. they, they housed me in their own home. Wow. And when I got back to El Paso, I went to the convention center here and I picked up everything I could that had El Paso on it, poster and whatever. And I sent it to her, you know, so that she could put it up in her hostel. So that was Amazing. another one. And then, of course, meeting you and the conversation that we had. Uh, it, it just it'll stay with me forever. Um, yeah, I, I remember that day and you and I walked for a few hours together and I remember we got to the end of the conversation and me with my obnoxious long legs are always trying to push forward. Um, but one of the last things I remember you saying, I said something like, 
like that lady did. Like you're walking this for the right reasons. I love it. I'm so I'm so honored to have met you because you're you're here for other people. You're here for a higher purpose. And then you said, I don't do something like I don't do anything. Exactly. Elsa's doing it. Elsa is the one doing it. This is not me. This is God and my wife, Elsa. And then you grab me by my shoulders and turn me towards you. And you remember what you said to me? I do. I remember exactly. You want to say it or do you want me to say it? I want you to say it. You said, Vic, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks, compassion on the earth. Yours are the feet on which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Word for word. And then you said, Vic, I'm a little younger than you. I walk a little faster than you, and I'm going to leave you now. And you walked off. And I sat there and watched you walk off until you disappeared. And I was in tears. And I've explained to you that I question whether or not you were my carpenter. Because there is a story about a chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's called the Loreto Chapel. Okay. And this chapel was built by the sisters of Loreto in the mid-1800s, I believe. And they had prayed to St. Joseph that they could build this chapel uh, for the people of Santa Fe. And a man showed up. This is the story. A man showed up seeking uh, shelter and food. And uh, the sisters allowed him to stay. And in the morning when they woke up, he was gone. But there's a spiral staircase which still stands today. Uh, and they have researched this spiral staircase and have found that the wood that it was made from is not native to New Mexico. And that the structure stands with literally no support. And architects and engineers today question how this staircase can stand. Well, this staircase appeared in the morning and the carpenter was gone. And so it is believed that this carpenter was Joseph or Jesus. And so when you walked away after saying those words to me, and after you said those words, you said, no, Vic, this is about you. You need to accept it. And then that's when you left. And I watched you walk away and I thought, in tears, is this my carpenter? Hmm. And I've shared that story with many of my family members and friends. And I'll just, I'll never forget that day. I just want to thank you. Wow. Uh, when it, when I invited you to join Pilgrim Lost, I, I didn't expect that. I wanted to hear about Elsa and, and you and your, your journey of heartache and hope. Um, but I think that message is so important. Uh, we so want to dismiss 
the divine that it that that can be transmitted through us to other people and that this story this human all these human experiences it really is one story it really is one story and we are all players and we can be players who harm or we can be um, players who heal and you have been a player who heals and and elsa through her devotion and sacrificial nature and courage and being an overcomer she passed on to you an incredible incredible um, legacy that you have from my observation is i've been following you from afar um, through facebook and other things since we, you and i met those years ago on that unexceptional day on that unexceptional road in northern spain you have you have taken that legacy and i'm just curious not to put you on the spot but how are you continuing to be god's eyes god's hands god's feet uh in your life back in el paso well <clears throat> First of all, let me just touch on this. You mentioned Facebook and I was never a person that did Facebook until she passed. And I've mentioned that I would honor her the 15th of each month. Well, August the 15th, which is the Feast of the Assumption, was the last day that Elsa sang in the choir. My, my wife had a beautiful, beautiful voice. Mm. I had started to dabble in guitar and she insisted that I play in the choir and I would refuse. Well, when she had surgery in April of 2013 and she couldn't sing, I said, I need to step up now because there's always been a Maldonado in the, in the choir. So I started playing the guitar. Uh, not real well. It's gotten better, but I started playing in April of 20, uh, 2013. And then when she got back and was able to participate again, that was one of the best things in our marriage is that we were able to celebrate mass together in the choir uh, for the next four and a half years until she went to heaven. But <clears throat> so on August the 15th of 2018, uh, I went to day, uh, daily mass. It was uh, on a weekday because that was the last day the year before that she had sang in the choir. Hmm. Now I had shared every day of my Camino experience. I posted it on Facebook with all the pictures I had taken that day. And there were pictures of me posting her photograph on the various memorials. And right. I, for each photograph, I would tell the story, the story behind that photograph, um, whether it was her senior picture in high school, uh, which I said she was my senior favorite. Uh, she was 17 when I met her. I was 19, a year and a half out of high school. She was a senior at Loretto uh, Academy. And um, after we started dating, she told me that she had a desire to become a nun. And I always tell people that I was not habit forming. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I I posted all this on the on the uh, Facebook, and I had people 
uh, asked me to share uh, to the public, which I wasn't aware of how you did that. And they walked me through it. And I started getting friend requests and friend re requests and so on and so forth. Well, when I got back <clears throat> after that mass on August the 15th, 2018, there was a, a package in my front door and it was a book that someone had put together with all of my post-ins and all of my pictures on the Camino. In fact, Tony, you and I are in this book. Wow. But I opened it up and there was a card in there. And the card says, Vic, while following your journey on the Camino, I decided you needed something other than pictures on a phone. So many people these days do not bother to print their photos and cherished memories are sometimes lost to future generations. I hope someday your grandchildren can enjoy this book and understand what a great love their grandfather had for their grandmother. God bless. Enjoy. Chris and Carla Mayfield. Well, <clears throat> the return address was from Houston, Texas. And in 2019, I was in Houston and I was able to find these people and meet with them and have dinner with them. So you had never met these people. I had never met these people. These are just somebody, people that somebody had shared it, had shared it, had shared it. And wow. So I, I was able to sit down and, and meet them and thank them in person for what they did in, in preserving Elsa's memory. Humans, man. Amazing. When Elsa was passing away, maybe a month before she passed, she knew that there was a, a life insurance policy that I had bought on her back in 1986 when we were just starting a family. And I bought this policy believing that if she were to pass, I would need help counseling or, or for child care. And anyway, <clears throat> she said to me, you know, I, I know that we're, we're doing well financially. And I was wondering if at least half of that money can go to the church. Well, I didn't want it just to go like to the building fund. I wanted something that was memorable. And uh, one day, one of the parishioners, Willie Aguilar, he came out of the church and he says to me, you know what I would like to see here, Vic? I'd like to see the Stations of the Cross built. Mm -hmm. And the light bulb just turned on. And after that, I started planning. I got together with, with the father and, and told him what I wanted to do. And he approved the, uh, the project. And uh, so the Stations of the Cross are uh, centuries and centuries and centuries old pilgrimage it's literally a pilgrimage it's a it's a meditative pilgrimage you right. utilizing the imagery from the crucifixion story from the bible but it's right. it's a celebration and a meditation of sacrifice and love right and there's 14 and love. there's 14 stations and you literally you walk you pilgrim from one to the next and then stop and meditate in that moment. And then you pilgrim from one to the next. And it, it's, it is an actual centuries old way of pilgriming in the everyday. Right. What people would do to maintain their spirits, to, to enter into that whole conversation. I were talking about earlier about God's hands and eyes and feet in the world. You know, it's a way to sort of go, I'm a part of this story. I want to be a part. I want to be more a part of this story, an extension of love and beauty and the divine in the world. And uh, you gave that to your community. Great. I'm, I'm going to add this, this as well, Tony. Uh, 
So when I walked that Camino and did the 492 miles, I was going to walk from Santiago to uh, Fatima, which was another 265 miles. And I was going to do that again in honor of Elsa because she had such a great devotion to our, our Blessed Mother. <clears throat> and when I got to Santiago, I was going to spend two days there. Well, after the first day, my brother got a hold of me and he explained to me that my mom was not doing well. Hmm. And he didn't know how long she was going to last. So I had to skip Fatima and I flew straight home. <clears throat> and I was able to see my mother before she passed. Well, my daughter uh, was due and she had a baby the day of my mother's funeral. So one left and one came into the world. Hmm. But also... <clears throat> My wife and I, our wedding rings uh, were gold and they had this antique into them. And every three to four years from washing our hands, the antique would wear off and I would take them in to uh, have them re-antiqued. Well, I carried her her wedding ring on my uh, in my backpack with me and I uh, had my wedding ring on. And of course, in washing every day and showering, you know, the, the antique and really wore off in those uh, 26 days. I did the Camino the second time in 26 days. And so when I got back to El Paso, I found a jewelry store. <clears throat> Just driving down the street, I saw this jewelry store, walked in, asked her if they could re-antique the, the rings, and they did. And the lady calls me a couple of days later, and I show up, and she says to me, uh, oh, your wife's going to love her ring. Um, it came out beautiful. And I said, well, um, she doesn't wear it anymore. She passed away. She offered her condolences. And then she started to write the invoice out. And she wrote, Maldonado. She says to me, are you familiar with, this is two weeks after getting back from the Camino. She says, are you familiar with the Camino de Santiago? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, my daughter <clears throat> uh, just got back two days ago. And while she was on the Camino, she called me and she said, mom, there's a picture of a lady named Elsa Maldonado on the Camino. And she's from El Paso. Do you know her? And she says, no, I, I don't know her. Wow. I'm familiar. And so she says about two weeks went by and her daughter called her again and said, mom, this pictures, there are several pictures of this lady. I'm going to send you a picture of her because she looks familiar. So she sent her the picture. So I said to her, do you have that picture? And she got on her phone and she showed it to me. Well, I got on my phone and I showed her the same picture. Mm. And she looked at it and she says, that's your wife. I said, that's my wife. She says, you're the man that post, you know, posted these pictures. I said, yes, I am. Both of us were in tears. She got on the phone. She called her daughter right then and there. Her daughter lives in San Antonio. And uh, she called her daughter and she said, I've got the man in front of me who posted those pictures. It's his wife. So her daughter came in for the 4th of July uh, that year. And she called me and we got together and with her boyfriend who had walked the Camino with her. And um, we shared pictures and stories. And she had every picture, all 50 pictures of my wife in her phone that she took of all the memorials. Also, if you go on to my wife's um, legacy website for her obituary, there are probably three or four people who saw her picture on the Camino from around the world um, Australia, one from Chicago, I think, the UK, who paid tribute to her in her uh, uh, 
legacy web page who had seen her picture on the Camino. So that was uh, very special to me. Again, I wanted to share her with the world. Wonderful. And Victor, we're so, we're so honored to be another conduit to share her story. We're thankful for Elsa and her life and her ongoing life, both through you and beyond you, way beyond you at this point. Thank you for taking the time to share these unbelievably and border, I mean, miraculous stories, miraculous stories, and how it is so clear that, that the divine is dancing around you. Well, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. And as you said, it's just another conduit to, to share her with the world. Amen. Thank you, my friend. And to the Pilgrim Lost community, I say thank you to you. Thanks for spending time with us. And I'm glad you got to meet my friend, Victor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.